Raising the Bets is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to Raising the Bets, where a Catholic couple raising five kids outside of Boston join us as we share the joys and challenges of marriage, homeschool, and our adventures near and far as we make sense of the world and experience the best parts of our culture. I'm Tom Bettinelli. And I'm Melanie Bettinelli. Happy Easter, Melanie. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. I'm so, sorry that I don't sound more enthusiastic. <laughs> I am enthusiastic. I'm just also tired. It's yes, been a long day. This is uh, every podcast we record on an Easter Sunday. Uh, we've done several of them by now. And uh, yeah, this is I thought us. we didn't normally do them on Easter Sunday because no. normally we're at your brother's house. Yeah, we usually come back and record, I think. No. No? No. So this year was different because um, we didn't have Easter well, we had we usually have Easter dinner at our house, but usually afterward we'll go and visit my uh, my family um, at my brother's house. Uh, but uh, this year was different. It's the first Easter without both my parents, so that was different and weird. Uh, it was weird not to hear my dad saying "Para Pasqua." Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever you whenever you see him, and um, uh, plus my brother's out of town, so uh, that's. Uh, they were they weren't there, so we're going to get together. I think next week at Divine Mercy Sunday with the family, which would be nice. So we just had a quiet day at home uh, with dinner here. We uh, we're not going to have our usual show with all the different segments we usually go through. We'll just kind of talk a little bit about Easter and what we experienced. Um, but let's start with dinner. Right, we'll start at the end. Okay. So we had uh, nothing. Too exciting, new, you know, things we've had before. The uh, supermarket had rib roast on awesome sale again, six bucks a pound, which is fantastic. You didn't want ham or lamb. Not especially, no. Is it, you said that you didn't, you didn't especially like lamb? I, you know, I feel like, I think I read something recently, actually, or a while back, about how, like, Lamb has actually, it's not just my imagination that it's changed, like that it used to be more tender and less um, gamey and hmm. and something about, and I can no longer, of course, I can no longer remember the details about why it's changed and what exactly has changed about it, but it's just not as good. It's like tougher and it's just, yeah, it's not that tender falling apart cut of meat that it used to be. But not like the... The prime rib was or right. the rib roast was. But, but I think but th- there is something, you know, just in the same way that like Brussels sprouts taste better because they actually are they, a different cultivar. Right. They bred the some of the um, uh, bitterness out. Yeah. Lamb actually tastes worse because it's like not as good. I wonder if the like the Australian and New Zealand ham, like uh, ham, lamb, the imported stuff is still better. Maybe I don't know. It's more expensive, certainly. So <laughs> it could be. In in any case, um, so no lamb. Uh, we've done grilled lamb in the past on Easter. Yeah. That's been, that was pretty. But good. the kids also like. I think the kids don't really like the it. kids don't really love it, and we always end up having like leftover chunks of it that I don't know what to do with. Yeah, 
I think we still get some in the freezer yeah. from previous Easter's. And then uh, we decided not to get a ham. Well, not to have ham on Easter because we actually have ham during the year. It's not very special. Ham, to, yeah, ham to me has never felt like a really special meal. It's more like a I like what I can do with the leftovers of the ham. But like eating ham as a meal is not my favorite. Yeah. And yeah, because our supermarket will have ham on sale at different periods throughout the year uh, and we'll pick it up. And in fact, they had a super sale for Easter. So I grabbed one and threw it in the freezer. So we'll have that sometime later. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, I was all for it. I, I was like, well, hey, let's get a roast or something then. And then that's when we found out that they had the sale. So I don't know how they like, is it a loss leader? It's it seems a new thing. This like. Christmas and Easter, they had this super sale on rib roast, and I'm all for it. Let's do that every time. Uh, it came out really good, I think, and it's super easy to make. Um, just like in a in a 250 degree oven for three and a half hours, or until it hits 125 internal. Um, it could have even gone a little longer. Could have been a little more well done, even uh, than that, a little closer to medium. Then you let it sit for an hour, and then you throw it under the broiler for five minutes, and it's ready to cut. It was perfect. Uh, so it was, was good. It was good. And then we had uh, mashed potatoes and we had green beans and squash, like butternut squash and challah bread that you made. Yeah. And some, some uh, pineapple and other fruits. Yeah. Pineapple and, and uh, strawberries and stuff. Yeah. So kind of simple, straightforward, nothing too exotic, nothing, nothing too, too wild this year. And then uh, and key lime pie for dessert. And the key lime pie came out really good because you you had a bug about <laughs> you you settled early. I th- I'm in the mood for key lime pie. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Nobody objected and everyone enjoyed it, so yeah. it it worked. Yeah. Now I want a m- margarita. <laughs> so uh, all that lime. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that's what we had for dinner. And, you know, and like I said, we stayed home. So it was a quiet day. We decided to have dinner at dinner time as opposed to holiday dinner time, which is like two. And so which is kind of awkward because the kids are hungry by lunchtime at noon. So right. having dinner at like one thirty or two, it's, a, it's a, kind of throws them off. Yeah. So we. We decided to just do like dinner time, so it was like six when we sat down to eat. So and that worked out. And it made it meant for a, a relaxed day, pretty quiet day. Yeah, I took a long walk with Bella. I read some. Uh, yeah, kids. The kids had an Easter egg hunt and then played played with some of their neighborhood kid friends. Mm-hmm. And I played uh, American Truck Simulator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was on sale for five bucks i'm like i'm gonna buy it my brother's a truck driver so i can't wait to tell him all about how i can now do his job uh because i i can do the american truck simulator drive and it's basically what you think it's you're driving a a semi down the road hours at a time delivering loads from one place to another i just do not understand why this is a game that you would want to play it's like flight simulator i also don't understand that get up in the air you fly from Boston to Chicago, or well, actually, usually flights of maybe start in Chicago Midway Airport and do other places. But yeah, okay, it's a thing. Sure, there are there are people who play the uh, flight simulator like multiplayer co op, and you can actually do trucks the same way. But like they have people who play at being traffic 
uh, air traffic controllers and stuff. Like it is like super detailed. People really get into it. <laughs> well, including the the letter that you read uh, from an advice column about the guy who thought that he was mad that his partner didn't introduce him as a pilot at a par- a company party because because That's he spent right. all this time on flight simulator that he thought of himself as a pilot even though he's never he flown an actual plane yeah he didn't actually have a pilot's but license he, he wanted his partner his his whatever girlfriend to introduce him to other people uh as a pilot what do you do i'm a pilot no you're not you, you're not a pilot <laughs> I don't care how uh, I can. From now on, every time I hear about Flight Simulator, I'm just going to think about the story. I could like, dig that one up again. I'm a pilot. That was that was so bizarre. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was saying that I should get my brother, the truck driver, uh, a video game called American Podcast Simulator. <laughs> he could he could do my job, and I'll do his. So anyway, yeah. The and the reason we could spend so much time today is we went to the Easter Vigil for the first time in a while. Yeah, I don't remember the last time we did. I, I feel like it can't really have been as long as 10 years ago. Yeah. So 10 years ago, I know for certain we all went together because that was the infamous Easter vigil at which uh, Sophie, who was five, right? 10 years ago. Yeah, she would have been five. Uh, she fell asleep during the readings in the dark and then woke up. It, you have to understand when waking up Sophie, even today, waking up Sophie is a fraught business. Let us. Just, she doesn't. Uh, she does not wake up nicely. She, she doesn't. Does not wake up nicely, and she, uh, uh, ten years ago, screamed bloody murder in the pew, and then uh, there was the whole thing where I had to evacuate. I've talked about it before on the podcast. So now I'm pretty sure that we've gone separately in small units. To like, I've t- like I've taken one or two of the kids or yeah. you've taken one or two of the kids. Exactly. Um, but th- I think this is the first time we've all been together to the vigil. We go to midnight mass all the time, but this was the, vi- the vigil. Um, and we had we hadn't decided on it until like Thursday or Wednesday. We had to figure out what we were doing for the Triduum. We hadn't we'd put it off. And so we ended up going on Good Friday to our our parish is part of a three parish collaborative community ours is senior to stein uh but our parish has a large cape is it the cape verdean or haitian cape, cape verdean okay our parish has a large cape verdean community one of the parishes has a large haitian community and then the third one is anglo it's you know just a regular um community of irish immigrants and italian immigrants or whatever our lady of lords and so or probably french actually now that i think about it um I don't know. They're very white. Yeah, <laughs> we just put it that way. And uh, so that's where the English liturgies were going to take place. So we went, we've been to Our Lady of Lords for Good Friday before. We, I think, in fact, we went last year, but we hadn't been there for the vigil. So we decided to go. And um, there was some question over, would it be too long for some kids? Because like, Sophie's still a early to bed girl. She's still, you know, eight o'clock rolls around. She's ready to sleep. And so is Ben. And so is Ben. So no. that's when the mass was starting. So we, you know, we decided to go for it. They, they were game. So they were, in fact, they were the most, the two most enthusiastic about going to the vigil. Yeah. Yeah, so, they were. Yeah. Um, um, I had a coffee in the late afternoon. Sophie had a, a can of Coke <laughs> all in preparation. And, uh, they did fine. I mean, well, Ben was pretty sleepy by the end, but Sophie 
you could you could have plugged a light bulb into her and it would have lit up. She was so excited by by it. Yeah, Anthony did fall asleep during the first half of mass. <laughs> yes, during the readings. I kept having to wake Sorry. him up because he was sleeping on my shoulder, and so I had to wake him up before we would stand. After I was the I was thinking like the the way the rhythm works. It's like reading Psalm stand. Yes, reading Psalm stand. It's like it won't. The rhythm of the the liturgy won't let you settle down for a long nap in the dark. <laughs> like after every psalm, you have to stand up again. Now there was some question: was, was how many readings would we do? Because in case anyone listening is not familiar, there are eight readings, eight eight readings, eight psalms, eight prayers, and then you some are optional. Like you you do at least the first three, I think, or the. Actually, I think you have to do at least Genesis and Exodus. Yeah, I th- or even just Exodus fourteen, the whole uh, Pharaoh in the, uh, the 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 parting the Red Sea. I know that one for sure. You have to do in the Epistle and the Gospel. I'm not sure you have to do. You might have to do the Genesis one too. That's a good point. I should, I, I forgot to look it up. So we'd start get the right. Genesis. We get the second reading, which is the Abraham sacrificing Isaac. In the past, when we've gone to the Easter Vigil, I know we've gone to the Easter Vigil as St. Edith's time because I know we only did like maybe three or four of the readings. Right. You get to, we got to Exodus and that was the big question. It's like, do we do, are we going to do the one after Exodus? And it's like Isaiah, I think. I think, I think so. It might be Ezekiel. Anyway, um, it ends, the, the, the priest's prayer ends, we sit, and then the electric goes, I'm like, all right, this is it. We're in for the long haul here. This is all, we're going to do all nine readings. We did. And we did. Look, Father Matt is a former Marine infantry officer who is now a reserve Marine chaplain. He doesn't cut corners. <laughs> if, if it says it's optional, it's mandatory. It's like we did everything. And then we had eight baptisms. It was eight, awesome. Yeah. Eight baptisms, confirmations, first communions. Yeah. Yeah. Adults and ch- and children. Like there was some. Um, I think maybe the oldest was like a very young adult. She, she was not. The woman, the woman that the little baby was reaching for. She, she was maybe in 20s? her early 20s. Well, yeah. Adult. She looked, she looked really young. I mean, she could have also been an older teen. I, uh, I had a hard time yeah, judging. Okay. Whatever. But they, there were eight of them coming in. Yeah. And, uh. We had yeah all of the 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 incensing and the, all the whole nine yards. Yeah, unfortunately, the incense triggered an asthma attack for poor Ben. <laughs> poor Ben. Um, I had originally thought I should give him his his medicine before we go because he usually takes it at eight. Um, and then in the bustle of getting everybody ready, I forgot to give it to him. Yeah, and which meant that he'd passed the twenty four hour mark on his asthma med. And and then incense and then incense. Just right. poor kid. He was coughing all up. So there were some kids in the pew in front of us, two little kids, younger than ours, with their dad. And there, it turned out their mom was one of the lectors. And the girl, like first reading in the dark, boom out. And dad's like, she, I could see him shake her, like trying to wake her up, trying to wake her up. By the end of the eight readings, the you know the Old Testament readings before the lights came on. Or and the new and the new before the gospel by the end of the epistle, he the, the boy was out too and he was snoring, and uh-huh. and so and then the lights come on the Gloria the bells the whole nine yards, and the boy's awake what what looking around, she was out she didn't wake up one second the whole like the the whole time she was gone it was so funny, yeah. the uh, 
I love the candles. I love the the the, the ceremony of the the Paschal candle being lit outside the coming into the dark church and it's, each it's so beautiful, each little candle, one light spread, but undimmed. I mean, it's such a beautiful symbol, you know, the it's one fire and shared, and but share, it doesn't, sharing it doesn't diminish it. In fact, it makes it grow strong. Yes. Stronger. Yeah. I mean, that's how when people who don't have kids or only have one or two kids, like they're like, how, I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough love for more kids. And like love is like those candles. Like the more you share it, the more like individual candles you have, the brighter the love is. Right. Like it doesn't diminish by being shared among more people. It gets brighter. Love is not a Stronger. finite resource. Yeah. <laughs> so now attention yeah. might be, but yes. but not love. Right. So um, and then we have a new deacon this year. He's a, as they say, a baby deacon. He just was ordained uh, this this past year. It's, it was his first Easter, and uh, between good the Good Friday and Easter vigil, he he was doing a lot of stuff. And I give him credit. I before I say anything, I give him all the credit in the world for getting up there and and chanting and doing all the stuff. I mean, wow! He, he chanted all the exultant, not just because yeah. there's like an optional short form. He did no, not go he, for the optional short. Form. Like I said, Father Matt does not cut corners. I don't think he was allow, allowed to cut. But so it's just the poor guy can't carry a tune in a bucket. Like he hit every possible note twice, going up and coming down so many times. He's probably been arrested for assault and battery. I mean, it was <laughs> it was all over the place. It was a little ragged. It was a little ragged. But hey, you know the. It, that's not the point. And what, in fact, we were talking about like there was all kinds of, you know, flubs and weird things. And the sound system the was sound kind system of off. Was, the sound system was not sure. doing the cantors any favors. That's and, for sure. And yet it was still the beautiful high mass of the year. The vigil. I mean, I don't care how ragged your mass is, your parish, your music ministry and all that sort of stuff. If you celebrate with joy and love and and, and openness to the Holy Spirit, it's going to be better than, you know, or as good as, you're not going to be better than, but as good as the high mass at St. Peter's or what well, fill in your uh, another mass there. But the thing is, what matters is not how beautiful the music is or how polished right. the lectors are or any of that or how beautifully choreographed it is. Those are nice. Mm -hmm. The flowers are nice and everything. But, but what matters is like Jesus is risen from the dead. Right. And I think that in some ways having a like this was probably the most ragged liturgy I've seen in terms of like things just kind of were falling apart all over the place. And yet I felt more. Like present, like my mind wasn't wandering my I wasn't feeling restless or tired or irritable. I was just like really happily present joyfully in the moment through the mm -hmm. whole thing and i'm not sure i've ever I, I love the easter vigil i'm not sure i've ever had such a peaceful joyful easter vigil before at the same time i've never had one that was more imperfect <laughs> it, it was this beautiful paradox yeah i loved it so it was two and a half hours it was not the longest easter vigil i've ever when, been when, when we when we uh the kids were asking how long was it going to be. I was like, oh, probably about an hour and a half. Hour and a half to two, maybe. 
yeah, yeah. two and a half hours. Uh, Steubenville, when I was there, it was four hours if it was a minute. You know, they were they would go on and on and on, and I mean, and you just didn't notice. And you're a college student, so you know you don't. Notice. But yeah, it would start like at seven thirty, and you'd be in, you'd be getting on at midnight. I remember that. Um, so it wasn't nearly that late for us, but so it was a late night, but it was it was beautiful. Okay, so Father Matt's homily, once again, Father, boom, out of the park. It was really good, such a good homily. It was an enthusiastic, passionate call to go out and spread the good news. Um, in fact, at one point he he told everyone to take out their cell phones, and so, everyone kind of like stared at him, like he's like. No, take it out. I know you got it. Take it out. It's it's in your pocket there. Come on. I know you have it. Don't pretend you don't have it. Bring it out. Now, open it up to whatever social media site that you like, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Just open open it up. And I want you to post uh, that you're here at Mass for the Easter Vigil. Yep. And he said, now, that is now an invitation for everyone on your friend list to ask you about your faith. <laughs> And yeah, I, this is the sort of thing I was trying to uh, promote when I was at the at the archdiocese, like encourage people to, you know, remember when check ins were a thing, uh-huh. you know, people would check in at a place through even whole social networks. For, like, uh, what was it? Oh, there was one that was started with an S. I forget now. Square or something. I never understood the whole check in thing, but yeah. And you become mayor of the place because you go there so much and you check in there so much. I was like the mayor of a gas tank along the Southeast Expressway because I would <laughs> check in while I was in traffic going to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, it's something to do while you're sitting in bumper to bumper traffic in Boston. Anyway, uh, but the thing was like checking at church. If the average person at the back then, the average person had 200 uh, Facebook friends. If everybody in a parish checked in and just even half of those people that you're friends with are not in your parish, which statistically unlikely, it's like likely that much fewer are people, you know, in your parish. But even if half of them are people not in your parish, that's if everyone in, in, in the church did it, we're talking thousands of people would see people checking in for at Easter vigil thousands would, and then, you know, Facebook would be filled or Twitter would be filled with people who are professing their faith that I go to church on Easter. So that was uh, part of his homily. I also liked where he brought up the harrowing, harrowing of hell, where the image of Jesus going down to the hell of the just as, as the uh, father put it, which is, you know, the, where all of those righteous souls who died before the resurrection went and were brought out and brought to heaven with Jesus. And um, he talked about there's two images that come from um, pious legend. It's not a church teaching. One is that the people who met him at the entrance there were Adam and Eve. They were the first. Although I have to say... That the Liturgy of the Hours, which is the official prayer of the church, includes the ancient homily for Easter Saturday, which tells the story of Jesus going down and pulling Adam and Eve yeah. out of hell. So it might not be official church teaching, but it's certainly there in the official liturgy of the church. Well, yes, but yeah. there's lots of stuff in the in those homilies and right. readings. It's, it's still, I mean, it, it, it be, it, it, when you say it's not official church teaching, it makes it feel like it's kind of like... You don't have it out there. Well, you don't have to accept it as, you know, as gospel truth. You don't have to accept it as a doctrine, put put it that way, because the uh, there's another one. There's another pious legend, which is that it was 
Joseph, who is the first person that Jesus met. There's a beautiful poem that circulates every year um, by a sister, Mary Ada, I think, uh, in which she imagines uh, Jesus meeting Joseph um, yeah. when he goes down to Both of which are beautiful. And maybe they were together. Maybe Joseph was like, here, my son's coming. Stand with me up front here at the, by the door. Right. I like that. Yep. So um, there was actually... Uh, I found a beautiful uh, video on YouTube that was an animation that showed the crucifixion, Jesus being placed in the tomb, and then descending to the underworld, and then bringing up Adam and Eve and all the souls. Um, It was like maybe five-minute video. It was gorgeous. Absolutely stunning. Um, I love it. We should put that in the show notes. All right. Let's send me a link and I'll I'll include that. Awesome. So, and yeah, that was in Father Matt's uh, out of the ballpark homily, which was really nice. And, uh, and that was, that was about it. And now we, uh, we head into Easter week. We continue to celebrate every day this week. Does that mean we have cake and ice cream every day? Not necessarily. (laughs) Um, My doctor would say, don't do that. Um, But we will be celebrating. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things I love uh, about praying the Liturgy of the Hours is that during the octave of Easter, every single day is Sunday's prayers, like morning prayer and evening prayer. Mm-hmm. They're the same every day. It's it's Sunday every day. It's a week of Sundays. Right. The octave means from it's the Sunday to Sunday, from Easter Sunday to the following Sunday, which is Divine Mercy yeah. Sunday. But the church... The, these feasts are so big, Christmas and Easter, they're so big that we celebrate them the day for eight days. So all week, every day, it's like Sunday. Yeah, I love that. Mm. It's pretty cool. You know, there's a colloquial phrase, like, you know, something like a month of Sundays. Yeah. Right. Well, this is literally a week of Sundays. It's a week of Sundays. A week of Sundays. In a good way. All right. So we're, we're, uh, we're doing a, a shorter show than usual today, uh, just because <laughs> we're tired and uh, we're, you know, we, but we didn't want to leave you without anything. And by the time we got to next Sunday, we'll have forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have, it'll be old we'll have new stuff to talk about. We had lots going on. So to this week, so we'll have something new to talk about. But for now, uh, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Raising the Bets, including Peter D., Ivan I., Father Carl W., Diane S., and Martin G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Raising the Bets and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And that's it for this time. Find links from our discussion in our show notes at sqpn.com slash bets. That's B-E-T-T-S. Send your feedback at the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media. Send us an email at bets at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. Follow Raising the Bets in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or at the StarQuest YouTube channel, where you should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, I'm Dom Bettinelli. And I'm Melanie Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to Raising the Bets on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. Freystation Portable. 
Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at starquest.fm slash PSP.